Hello and welcome to the Sigma update. I'm QX and welcome back CW. It's so good to see you here. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Welcome. Uh, it's great to have you here in Australia with me. Um, it's great to be back as well. Uh, had a couple of weeks break on holiday and yeah, great to be back and talking all things Ergo once again. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, CW and I both came down with COVID at the same time. And I decided to fly out to, to Australia just to be here so that we could share it together. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, mate. Just what I needed. Oh, no uh, but problem. yeah, unfortunately, we both have COVID and um, on the mend at the moment. It's been a rough couple of days, unfortunately. But um, yeah, once again, the, the train has to keep rolling. And here sure we are, uh, continuing to bring this content out. We don't stop, even on the deathbed, CW. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let's jump right into it, because we've got a good show today um, <clears throat> with Who's You in the Community. And CW, why don't you start off with this one? We have uh, Tulo, who we see a lot around in chats all the time. Yeah, so Tulo, or Ergo Mino, um, as is probably better known on the Twitter side of things, Uh He's pretty big advocate in the NFP space, uh, both um, from his own project, Ergo Champions, but then also trying to empower everyone else as well. So bringing awareness to the whole space. Um, also, Tolo has been uh, creating a number of articles that are being published on the Ergo website as well. So uh, notably the Ergo Roadmap series and a couple of others. Um, yeah, he's a great community member. Um, I believe he's on holidays at the moment, actually, uh, with his wife. So Still enjoy that, like mate. crazy, though. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. So, um, yeah, great community member, um, advocate, and uh, very um, active across sort of multiple channels in the ecosystem as well. Uh, next we have, and I know we've talked about this guy before, uh, or this person, it's it's unknown at this point. Um, <clears throat> and we've actually tried to get them on the show, but uh, for reasons of um, not wanting to be doxxed, uh, which is totally understandable. Uh, we have Ergflip, who we see in, yep. in chats all around the place. Uh, this person is just going crazy <laughs> with <laughs> what they're developing. Um, you know, every once in a while, you'll see a post that a new game's been posted. Um, I think they just posted about uh, Roulette Wheel, right? Uh, yeah, correct. For their new game. So there's there's so many chances for you here in a bear market just to spend that erg like it's pennies. <laughs> <laughs> and the cool thing about the story behind Erg Flip as well, I'm not too sure if you're aware, but basically coming into the ecosystem, not having any back-end dev experience or anything like that, and being able to um, turn uh, like a UI and a back-end erg flip, a uh, simple game like a coin toss. And I think they did it in a matter of three days with a DAP connector and everything. Um, went through the sort of cycles then of integrating, uh, I think I believe it was Comet, so you can gamble away your, yeah, your Comet Comet's tokens. Yeah, Comet's now there, yep, yep. Yeah, um, but then also doing uh, things like multiple bets, um, increasing uh, your bet percentage. Uh, there's, uh, I believe, like a Russian roulette sort of system. And then now also yep. uh, the roulette side. Uh, it's pretty interesting to see. And then just recently, over the last couple of days, I've seen uh, that they're looking to expand um, and create a new sort of uh, identity in regards to their naming. So there's a new vote up at the yep. moment. Yeah, on their on their Twitter, uh, so you can jump on there, and then also looking to do a UI update as well. So um, yeah, all things gun blazing on that front. I like this. I like this UI that he's got that they've got here, though. I mean, I know he <laughs> I know he was down on himself for 
thinking he had not the greatest UI, but I mean, it's functional and it works. He's got like, yeah. uh, what's he got? Erg Flip, the original game, Roulette, Card Worm, Russian Roulette, Dice Roll, 1 to 10. He's even got a top yeah. 10 winners list. And it's funny, just like the just like the real casinos, you only hear about the people who win in chat saying, yeah, I just won 18 <laughs> Erg, and it makes you really want to go do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't see anybody it's... coming and saying, oh, I just lost 150 Erg on Roulette. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I haven't had a chance to play yet, so I could be the first to, to be openly disclosing what I've actually lost. Um, but yeah, the use and utility and keeping that community active, um, it's a great initiative. I think he said it works on mobile. The animations now work on mobile too, so so you can oh, see awesome. that wheel is spinning once it's on mobile. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. All right, All right. So what do we have next up? Uh, next up, we have dev updates for dummies, and we're going to do a real shallow dive into two things here. Uh, the first thing is um, something that we covered a similar thing to a couple of weeks ago in our show, where somebody is taking um, and modifying a front end to display some uh, different options for Explorer. It's called uh, Sigma Space. Yep. Um, they've done some updates at the landing page. Um, they've uh, fixed the mempool view. And why don't we actually take a chance? Uh, let me keep going. Uh, and they fix a token view. Now that I mentioned mempool on this, can you talk about mempool real quick, CW, and what that means? Because you know a lot of times you'll click on a transition transition uh, TX, sorry, in Nautilus Wallet. It'll pop you up, and you might see the transaction for a brief second, and it'll pop into this yellow box that says your transaction has not entered the mempool. Can you explain for people really easily what the heck mempool is? Yeah, so the mempool is basically a way for the protocol to um accumulate all the messaging uh, sorry the transaction data and then basically it's up to the miners then to process what's going on in and put that uh that those transactions from the mempool into blocks so it's just like a basically a holding sort of pool or a cell sort of purgatory thing. Uh, basically yeah in simple terms where the miners will then um, take all that data process it and then actually allocate those uh, transactions into blocks so can stuff sit in the mempool and never be picked up if you know let's say in the future where miners are you know people are paying extra for tx fees and uh, just to get this stuff maybe front render ahead stuff could sit there a little longer than other things in the mempool because other transactions are getting picked up first yeah definitely um so uh the the, the way transactions are picked up it's on a cost per byte um scenario at the moment so if there's if you're trying to do say an airdrop of um i don't know arbitrary figure of two thousand tokens and you're just doing the minimum um uh, transaction fee then that will sit in there longer and until there's less lucrative sort of uh transactions that miners will then put into blocks um someone will then pick that up and, and then put that into transfer that into a block itself um so yeah there's uh there is definitely a like a fee market in that some respect on ergo where people can provide miners with uh, greater incentive to be then be processed into uh, blocks faster and you see that around it with nft drops and things like that where say if you're using nautilus you can increase your um your fee to 0.005 i believe or something similar um and then on the the node itself you can um increase it indefinitely to five erg if you wanted to make sure that that's definitely being pushed through instantly and i think uh actually joe mentioned that last week or the week before where you can run your own node too there to get even speedier transactions while increasing your tx fee and hopefully dump that a lot quicker 
um, for miners to find before somebody else does. So it's you know yeah. kind, kind of interesting for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Sigma Space. It's pretty neat. Check it out. Um, it's uh, right there. I'll put the link below. <clears throat> um, what do we have next for uh, Dev updates? Uh, MG Pi is up next. MG Pi. The bot solutions and a number of other things going on. So if you want to elaborate on that, there's quite a lot actually to sort of in this one. I do, I do. So MGPy, what MGPy has done, and I'll try to keep it as simple as possible, is develop a tooling that interacts directly with um, uh, the API. He's developed a Python tooling. So for people who don't want to learn um, uh, Scala or anything like that, uh, that interacts with the Izzy API, they can use these tools to submit transactions, to do batch transactions, to mint NFTs. And as an example, uh, Tosi Drop, who um, mainly right now works with airdropping or pickup tokens for Cardano and is working on uh, airdropping and also services for Ergo, um, <clears throat> for their Twitter join, they had a giveaway where they were gonna give out um, eTosi to, uh, I think it was the first 3,000 Discord and first uh, or first 3,000 Telegram, 5,000 Discord members. And so using MGPy scripts and not just the drop scripts, but MGPy has a script where you can feed it um, 8,000. We fed it 8,000 addresses into the system to make sure that they were actually legitimate um, uh, legitimate uh, P, P2K. Is that, what the, how, is that what the term is? I'm not sure. What, uh, what the term P2PK. is? P2PK. P2PK. public key. <laughs> yep. So, to make sure that those are legitimate addresses. Um, otherwise, the TX is going to fail. That script took maybe five seconds, and it gives you a, a bunch of yeses or a no if it fails. All of them were yeses. Packed up the, uh, the wallets and the amounts into a handful of different transactions pushed them through with MGPy script and zero errors. All 8,000 people got the airdrops and it was under an erg. And this is all, all done without touching Scala, without touching smart contracts, without doing anything, just knowing a little Python, building a, building the script with the wallets and hitting Python, you know, execute. And that's it. Super, super simple. And it's, it's stuff <laughs> yeah. like it's stuff like this that makes it so accessible for everybody. Yeah, most definitely. And to think about um, what the actual cost of those total transaction was, if it was one-to-one, -one, uh, it's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? 8,000 for, was it less than basically, well, I'm not too sure what the actual number of ERG was, but it's say a round figure of a dollar, um, a dollar US for 8,000 transactions in that sense. It's pretty crazy to think about. And that's the power of EUTXO as well, where you can have multiple uh, outputs and things like that in a transaction. That's so cool to see and people utilizing the power of Ergo. Uh, but further to the point as well, the, the utility and the dev utility that um, people have been building out, uh, like you mentioned, a lot of people have that perception where people do require Scala knowledge, but there's multiple sort of development kits. There's the Sigma Rust side of it. Um, there's Fleet SDK. Uh, there's ErgPy, there's a number of other solutions out there. So you don't necessarily need to know uh, the Scala side, but um, yeah, there's our transaction builders and SDKs and things like that out there for for everyone. Yeah, that's, 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 I find that amazing. Just yeah. <laughs> easy way to interact and you're done. <laughs> Just lowering that barrier entry. Exactly. Um, moving on, we have, um, you know, kind of um, linked to MGPy because MGPy helped a lot. 
Uh, Comet has a little update. We're not going to go into any technical side here, but just want to let everybody know that um, he's uh, shutting the lottery down for a little bit so they can create three more lotteries with cheaper ticket prices and a lower possibility of winning. Um, uh, one week to one year kind of thing is how long yep. it's going to take for him to do. So they've got some dev work uh, to do on that to figure it out. But if it's... Um, <laughs> the, every time I talk about the Comet Lottery, I think of the first... The first drawing where <laughs> Gold Tier won. <laughs> Gold tier yeah, one. where Coot won. It's so funny. Um, but what are the chances? You have to be in it to win it, don't you, obviously? And um, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, a little ironic in that respect where the actual creator um, of or one of the founders of the Comet side <laughs> of things actually won. It's uh, Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Next section we're going to move to CW is a new thing that we put into swing and announced while you were enjoying yourself eating ice cream on every deck of the cruise ship <laughs> how do you tell <laughs> um and it is a community marketing update and the yep. idea behind this really was the devs have an outlet to be able to um you know announce to the community of the technical things that they're working on and we you know realized those are really hard to understand but other people who, and, you know, devs and projects as well, don't have an outlet where they can say, hey, you know, this is coming up next week, or this is something that you guys should look in the pipeline. You know, just a few sentences to let us know without any technicalities or anything like that. Uh, and then we can use that here on the on the Sigma update to talk about it. We can also use it to help out uh, on the Sigma Knots Twitter, so we can do those kind of things, or we can even be ready to follow uh, to retreat you or or promote you during that kind of time. So it's I feel like it's a really good opportunity for those kind of things. Yeah, most definitely, it's a great initiative and gives um everyone or pretty much everyone you've got the dev side of things but then the the non-dev side um a voice in the community and being able to uh have it in one sort of area where people uh, don't necessarily miss what's going on in the ecosystem um having everything here for people to be able to pro promote what they're working on um whether it's an nft project or some initiative that's uh community driven and being able to highlight that and bring it to everyone's attention is fantastic or maybe I should maybe we should talk to HQ to see if he can come up with a weekly infographic to just the the project name and a little blurb about what they're what they did kind of thing. That'd be interesting. I think he I think I've seen him do that for some of the dev updates. So maybe we can yeah. convince him with a little bit of strong arm. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of an arm twist. <laughs> All right, the first one we have. Um, uh, I'll, I can take that one. Uh, uh, Sisyphus Push, who you may recognize the name. Um, Big NFT collector, big promoter of NFTs, big advocate of NFTs. We had him on the show uh, three three or four shows ago, I think. Yep. Um, uh, he's done a really cool thing. Nominations for Ergo NFT Awards, he says, are almost finished, being tallied, and will be announced later this week, which that was a day ago, two days ago, a day ago, and he's done it already. So he's got them all up on Twitter. Um, you guys should go look. They're hosted, uh, the vote's hosted on the Aircube website where you can go, it's IP restricted voting. So you can vote once per NFT. So if there's three, if there's three things in a group and you like two of them, then you can vote, you know, you can rocket vote those two and not vote on the third one kind of thing. 10 categories. It's a really, really cool thing uh, for the recognition of these NFT artists. And SIS has done a really, really cool thing um, 
if you didn't watch the show before, he's got uh, some really nice awards that are made by an artist, a physical artist as well, that does some laser cutting and those kind of things. He's going to ship them out to uh, the winners. So that's really cool. And he funded his raffle too, to help pay for shipping costs. How awesome yep. is Ergo with that? <laughs> Great initiative. And um, yeah, I, was, I believe it was last night, my time, I was actually going through all the categories there. And uh, we have some amazing artists here in the Ergo ecosystem. And you see that a lot with the like the one on one for one um imagery and things like that so um yeah there's some really really cool things there and i'm a bit envious of a couple actually that i wish i owned so um congratulations to all the owners there and jump on into ergcube and uh, go and vote awesome all right all you okay. we got ergflip next yeah next up we have ergflip and like we just sort of touched on a little bit earlier released the roulette so it's working pretty good there's a few bugs that have been reported and just currently finding the time to fix those ones up. Uh, ergflip.com has surpassed 3,500 transactions, which is pretty amazing. The, the, the platform there is being utilized pretty well. Uh, game animations are working also on the mobile devices and without any timeout stopping them uh, before the actual result comes. And next up for Ergflip, uh, like we also touched on a little bit earlier, uh, restyling of the website and making it look more like an actual casino. So looking forward to see some prototypes of that come to life. That's awesome. Um, all right, we have next in the list, give me one second to ping up to him, is Tulo, who we just spoke about. Um, and this was an update from maybe end of last week, but he wanted to get it in as well. So uh, for Ergo Champions, he's prioritized being able to help others through this project. Uh, in the past, he's collaborated with Blitz TCG and a charity fundraiser for Filipino families, now honoring their initial goal in our roadmap for taking 3% of mint profits and aiding and sponsoring a feeding program in the Philippines. Uh, they're helping various families and over 120 kids. And on December 31st, wow. um, Tulo and another sponsors are hosting games for adults and kids in, in different small communities where there are prizes for everyone. Uh, and he's got a couple of pictures of there of the event of of the food that he's purchased. If you want to, if you have time, and you can check out the um, uh, the marketing channel in there. And he's got a little bit to add as well. Where is it? He says that if he can add to his message, Ergo Champions are going to be launching season two uh, sometime in February. He says art was done a long time ago, and the roadmap's about 70 percent completed. An interim release was already given to our Discord and posted on Twitter. So he's keeping busy. And the charity's yeah. awesome. Not wrong. Um, that's what I think I love about the Ergo ecosystem as well is sort of like that philanthropy sort of mindset where people are out there to um, not only just look after themselves, but look after others. We see it with Excel and um, this initiative here by Tulo as well. Um, it's great to see people taking that initiative. Um, you want to jump up um, to the two before there? Uh, we have um, uh, Guapswap with Agagakar. You want to take that uh, one? Just one second. I jumped all the way up to... Oh, too low. <laughs> Elias. Jumped up to Elias. They're doing... Oh, yeah. Or they're hosting a Twitter space um, from with Ergo and Cardano projects. Uh, so anyone in the Ergo ecosystem wants to jump on there, just reach out and uh, let them know. And I don't know where I am now. I'll go. We've got, um, we've got Guapswap. Agagakar. And we'll talk a little bit about Guapsop if I remember when we talk about um, the community chat with Gaza a little bit. But for those of you that don't know, Guapsop is a nifty utility. 
and please correct me if I'm wrong, CW, I appreciate it, um, that allows you to swap a token before it even comes into your wallet, which is very handy for tax purposes. Let's say there's a reward that you want, but it's not being given out by the service that you're using, but some other something else is. I believe you can point it towards that and have it come back to you as um, the reward that you'd like without any swaps in your own wallet for a tax reason. Am I hitting that correct, CW? Yeah, in uh, in very simple terms, that's exactly what happens. Uh, so say you want to mine ERG or you are mining ERG and you want to be paid out in uh, ErgoPad tokens. What happens on the back end once you receive uh, the um, uh, the ERG rewards for your mining sort of efforts, it will then be sent to a proxy address and then swapped to ErgoPad and then uh, sent to your wallet itself. So um, it's a cool initiative and there's a lot of sort of utility here as well where you can actually sort of mine uh, portfolios of coins as well. So you can take a percentage of your rewards and, and actually receive uh, multiple sort of percentages split up in different sort of scenarios here. So um, it's definitely one of those things that is underutilized in the ecosystem, I think. I agree. And he's in, in this update here is letting us know that they're waiting on the Rosen Bridge to open so they can work on cross-chain profit swaps, which is pretty <laughs> damn cool. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah, and they're working, they're, they're going to work with Spectrum a little bit too. And I don't want to go too far into that because we'll cover that a little bit, a little bit, but that, that, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So you could potentially sort of mine Ergo and receive Ada or something in that respect as well. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Mining a proof of stake coin. How dirty. <laughs> yeah. Don't wash your mouth out. It's like charging your Tesla with a generator. <laughs> Fair point. All right. So moving on before we get into too much trouble here, um, we have uh, Ergo Mummies. So Empire of Pixley Ergo. Um, they're preparing a ready version of the game for alpha release. Uh, made an NFT verification process, whereas somebody, someone enters their wallet address, it validates that they own an official NFT and retrieves their data. Uh, then later, it will be through connecting the wallets like Nautilus, partnered with ErgoGames.io to distribute NFT keys for trying out the alpha uh, to the EGIO stakers. And the snapshot will be taken uh, this week. Not too sure if that's occurred or not at this point. Um, a game trailer will be posted on Friday with the announcement of the alpha release date. And they're working on bringing a brand new collection of playable NFT and uh, playable character NFTs in the game. You know, I, I, I was never much of a art collector or even as a kid, I was a bit of a baseball card collector, minor, you know, yeah. financial systems in the way of that <laughs> back as a kid. Yeah. Um, but this kind of stuff is really neat. You know, I hopped on to the Twitch stream of at least Ergo Games today, who he mentions in this post, um, while he was, you know, showing us a level builder uh, for the game that he was designing with with goats, I believe. That's Screaming Goats, I think, or Wine Goats, or maybe I'm uh, mispronouncing. Screaming Goat Wine Club. There we go, both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was really, it was really pretty neat. These things are neat, and same with uh, Blitz TCG, in that you know being able to own your own your character in your own wallet and be able to bring those to the game, and potentially with 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 um, games working together, being able to traverse those to other games is just is a really cool concept. And you know, yeah. 
it's just it's just nice to own your thing that you pay for unlike today where if you know google stadia goes down there goes your stuff kind yep. of thing and a little shout out as well i do have a, a mummy up here oh nice <laughs> so that's right you have two you have two foes a mummy and what's the other one uh a uh glezcon is that a, a, a what a glezcon art piece Oh, uh, so she she's a, um, a physical artist in the Canary Islands, and Foes actually met her and and met up a couple of times, I believe. And um, she does some pretty cool abstract sort of artworks, which is what I really like. Um, I have a couple actually printed in my daughter's room, and she absolutely loves them. And that's the one right, that yellow one right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, this one just yeah. here. Yeah, cool, <laughs> very cool. I'll have to take a look at that behind you when I'm when we're done with the broadcast. I didn't see it when I walked in. <laughs> Turn around and have a look. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so foolish. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So we have um, we have Erg one coming up, and this was a, a new one to me, and I think you've heard her a little bit. I heard him a little bit before, but it looks like what they're doing is. For those of you that don't know, um, they're creating, their ambition at least, is to contribute to the massive adoption of Ergo by developing a system that will reward everyone who participates in sharing content around Ergo. So essentially each user will be rewarded one month, once a month based on their level of engagement. Rewards will be Erg1 tokens and unique NFTs. Process will start with a Twitter tool. We will then add a YouTube and most other social networks. So in this update that they're providing, um, there's not enough popcorn users on YouTube to begin the process, but in the future, they'll communicate the benefits of owning Erg1 tokens, um, why become an architect, what it means for the token holders and that kind of thing, more of a, uh, put it out there kind of thing. And I, and I give these guys props because it is difficult in this kind of market right now to get people motivated to talk about <laughs> in soft show, you know, a, a token or a project. So that's a mountain that they got ahead of them to push up, especially right now. That's for sure. So props to these guys for sure. Uh, unfortunately, with these sort of market sentiment, it is like you just mentioned, a little difficult to keep people engaged and active. Um, but yeah, it's a nice initiative there to show and try and uh, incentivize people to stay in, but in stay active and incentivize there as well. It's a pretty nice little initiative. Let's skip the next one because that's a special guest. Yeah, our special guest who will be bringing on shortly, Crassivus. Uh, we'll skip that one. So next up, we have a little update from Funiculum. So Fo is uh, the other uh, the artist behind Ergonomes. There's been uh, in talks with Crass to help duck pools with graphics to go along with their tweets and updates. Uh, so they're also making the art for the freebies distribution distributed among Christmas Ergonome bidders. Juicy announcement uh, about Oof. a little something with Blitz TCG. Oh soon trademark. Uh -oh. So I love that. Yep. I love the soon TM. <laughs> uh, have to look out for that one, obviously. Uh, they're also mainly working on Perplexus art on Cardano and then also sending Blobtopia boss some ideas to improve the look of the blobs hand-drawn blobs maybe interesting yeah interesting oh, uh 
I've got a couple there. My favorite one actually, and it just keeps getting beaten, is one that looks like an apple. <laughs> What'd you name it? And I, I called it apple juice and it just keeps getting smashed. <laughs> well, why do you think? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, good I, times. I swear the CIA did something like that. They named some the kid something terrible and the twin something else that was positive. And they went through a test. And of course, the kid with the the bad name didn't end up very well socioeconomically. You know, one of those yeah. LSD 60s experiments that the CIA used to do. <laughs> Great way to destroy someone's psyche. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we've got HQER next. Um, this week, the upcoming one, they're going to start working on more detailed pages for dApps, which uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, that's EarCube. And they have a nice page of, you know, dApps in the ecosystem. Right now, they're focusing on a landing page for the NFT artists where they can showcase their art. Simple website builder type where you just add an image and edit text. Then as, as we spoke of last week, HQ is really big into providing the platform and, and giving you a, you know, even a login if you need to, to come edit your, edit your bio or edit your work or help post in that page. So all for that kind of community engagement to put your work up there to get it seen. Yeah, most definitely put a lot of work in there for both projects, artists, NFT projects, uh, content creators, and everything of the site of the like. Um, there's some more specifics MG uh, posted in here as well about his bots, but I think we covered him quite a bit. Um, yep. I think you're next, right? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, scrolling down, we have Cyberpunk. So, hello, everyone. I love this initiative where we can share the news of our projects. It's great, isn't it? Uh, within my project, we were within their projects, all cyberpunk.com. The first cyberpunk collection is sold out. Congratulations. Wow. And can only be found on the secondary market at the auction house or Sky Harbor. So if you're looking for something there, uh, by all means, jump onto those platforms. And is currently working on uh, their new collection of cyberpunk uh, mythology. So based on the mythology of different cultures, uh, the, uh, the cyberpunk interpretation of some of the characters from those stories have been passed down from generation to generation. It would be pretty cool to see uh, how they're produced and what uh, the outcome of that is. That will be. Uh, hasn't hasn't set a release date yet, uh, but, we'll, but we'll have it. But it will be very soon. And cyber um, cyberpunk collection is really neat. Um, it's a blended collection, as in. Um, uh, as somebody who runs a um, AI AI bot <laughs> myself, and who's a subscriber of Midjourney, even uh, just to play around with and test and, and get familiar with it, it's not easy uh, perfecting the recipes, uh, the prompts to to make these creations. And then on top of that, um, they're spending a lot of time uh, tweaking and editing and adding, replacing with Photoshop. So this is really a labor of love and artwork, you know, just because it involves um ai makes no difference as far as that goes it's still a huge labor of artistic work here uh and these things look really cool some of the, some of the little dragons <laughs> are so adorable even <laughs> yeah yeah you get some things that are pretty obscure but then on the flip side something that's really cute looking and something you want to take home and, and give yeah. a pat <laughs> you got it yep um um all right low-key nerd that's blitz tcg who we we're just speaking yeah. about um the card artwork completion is reaching 70% complete. 
that's going to be a huge lift. Um, something like 120 out of 170 character cards needed for their release are finished. Uh, it's a special <laughs> art collab being worked on between them and someone you all love within the Ergo community. Um, I think do we, we got see a, a connection here? Into that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Soon. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> Trademark. The months of January and February will be used to focus on the website a bit as it's been in its current state for a couple months, and I want to get the Cardano integration up and running alongside Ergo. I also want to release um, our lore pages because lore is cool. At some point in late January or early February, I will post a new build of the Discord for people to play around with and probably organize a small event for us to test matchmaking. Uh, two players finding one another for an online match is what he means by matchmaking. Lore is cool. You know, I, I was a... I was a bit of a wild WoW player back in the day. You know, it's it's games are tough for me. They get really stale quick. And WoW was the first game that was so different so much of the time, even though it's a lot of uh, grinding. But what I loved about WoW, at least for a little bit, I don't know if they do it anymore, is you could buy the editions that came with these, you know, big fat books that had all the artwork and some lore based on things. Um, so that was that was really cool. And I mean. I'm sure people will be pissed that I say that Blizzard did this, but it's been done all over the place back in the day. So just my experience with it. Really cool, Laura's. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is way over the top of my head. Um, I'm not much of a gamer myself. I can appreciate the art and everything, but um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I'm just, I'm not involved in. I can't sort of keep that focus to sit down and sort of get in the gaming side. It's but, tough. Um, yeah, it really that's is just tough. my personally preference, yeah. Especially with kids in the house. <laughs> yeah. So moving on, we have a little update here from Noah. So he's trying to help push the ball forward on the Coinly integration. Uh, there's also a little lull in the UTXO Alliance uh, news because of the holidays. Uh, you can kind of see that across all the um, channels and chats and discussions and things like that as well. Uh, Crandano and, and himself are finding ways to bring other community in there. So if you're a project seeking to get more involved with the Alliance, let him know. Uh, there's a current official Alliance meetings as are very focused on L1 and foundation-based uh, collaboration, uh, but still wants to bring in uh, support projects, uh, building on top to find cross-chain collaboration. There's no news from the Sigmaverse side for a little while. Uh, Dimitri's been busy helping Spectrum with their yield farming development. Uh, so that's been a priority for him. And has been helping Excel with private testing. Also added a BTC wrapping with private testing. Both are going well. Uh, just iterating on bugs found. So good to see there. Thanks, very, thanks for the update, mate. And that's that's something we spoke about earlier. That it's really neat that with this these kind of updates, we can get somebody like Noah in here, who's a, a big motivator, a big ambassador, and advocate for these kind of things, and also part of his you know own projects with Sigmaverse. Um, it's great to be able to see these and see these updates, where otherwise you just see him you know fling by and chat you know at some point <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. All right, up next we have Mister Pixel with Cyberverse. I've got a long update from them, so I'm going to do a little bit of summarizing. It looks like they did some work um, with the apartment loading and the um, user loading, where you can split up the um, uh, the loading of those into the game, the data, which is pretty neat. Um, they're proud to announce that the login and authentication for entering the game is completed. 
And that would be via connecting your wallet, which is really neat. He's got a really neat little uh, easy explanation of how that works too in this chat if you guys want to check it out. Um, they've worked on new animation uh, sprites uh, that includes jumping, running, fishing, consuming, dancing, and drinking, which will add a lot to the game, I think. Um, alpha release, there's an update was supposed to announce a date for their alpha release due to the delays caused by the holidays and working through issues with blockchain integration. Their last few tasks before they planned before lunch got postponed. They hope to deliver a game that is both secure and enjoyable for their launch, requiring us to delay the launch for a few weeks. The goal is to launch the alpha release of this game in January 2023, which, I mean, goodness, that's right around the corner. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I hope I can get in on that, which is neat. Those 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 card games, those pixel games, they're, they're, they're one of the ones that can hold my attention pretty neatly. They remind me of like the old platformer games. I mean, the card game <laughs> isn't, but same kind of same kind of idea. Yeah, I play. I used yeah. to play Magic: The Gathering when it was on the, um, was it on the? It was on one of the systems back in the day. My friend and I used to play it together, uh, uh, <laughs> remotely. So that that's a lot of fun for that kind of thing. I back think that's in the it. For you, would have been Commodore oh. sixty four, wouldn't it? <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played Pong. Pong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the extent of my sort of knowledge. <laughs> Um, all right, we have two more quick things. Let's see, before we go to our special guest, and hopefully they're still waiting for us by the time we get there. <laughs> um, the this segment is the community chat segments that you've been seeing pop up in the main Ergo feed. Um, essentially, there's a topic, and people are allowed to jump in and just talk about and ask questions. Uh, the first one that they talked about was um, this recent Tuesday, which for the community chat involves Spectrum, grid trading bots, um, and it, it went it went pretty cool. Um, Gaza was there and he spoke a little bit about yield farming. And then uh, Mark was there, Glasgow, and he spoke a little bit about grid bots as well as Kushti spoke about them as well. And uh, CW, do you mind talking a little bit about um, real quickly the benefit of yield farming beside, be, uh, as opposed to just purely providing liquidity to a pool? And as well as um, what, what the heck's a grid bot for? Yeah, sure. So um, yield farming is essentially a way to kind of offset, uh, I think called impermanent loss. And what that is, is basically, if you have a trading pair set up, and say you're a holder of uh, ERG, and you're trading with USD, for instance. Um, so what happens then with impermanent loss is if the price increases, then your SIG USD side will increase and then you lose the underlying asset, which is ERG. And uh, essentially what you want to do in that scenario is increase your ERG holdings, uh, but it kind of um, is the opposite. So the way yield farming works is kind of like a, a measure to kind of offset that impermanent loss, um, which is, yeah, it's a great feature. Um, you can use, use it to uh, sort of um accumulate tokens so whether that's an spf token not sbf spf uh once the token is released oh um, you're done yeah. for god's is <laughs> not your friend anymore buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll get a phone call shortly um but yeah that's just in simple terms what yield farming is now on the gridbot side um there is a number of centralized exchanges that do offer this service and basically what a grid is um it's, it's a bit of a misnomer as a bot per se because it's it's built into the exchange interface yeah 
yeah, there there is bot services, which are kind of third parties, which plug into APIs and things. But uh, there's a couple of centralized exchanges that do offer it on the platform directly themselves. Uh, so what it does is basically it's a range trading uh, option where um, a number of orders will be set both positive and negative to what the actual current price is. And if price um, appreciates, then uh, the underlying asset, which will be ERG or uh, say USDT, for example, will then be sold. And um, and on the contrary to that, if the price decreases, it will actually purchase ERG. Um, so it is in, uh, trading within a range. And if people actually sort of utilize these services, what it does uh, is benefit the ecosystem basically as a whole um, in some respect by increasing volume and liquidity on exchanges and things of that respect also. So um, obviously with any trading, you have to be sort of mindful of all the risks involved and having coins on centralized exchanges and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, obviously do your due diligence and check out what's going on there. Uh, and Kushti's actually uh, created a, a decentralized grid bot sort of trading platform as well. So he's, uh, there's no UI for it. He's just sort of running it himself. There's, I believe he gave an update. I think he... Um, he did. He said how much... Raised, er yeah, go for it. Sorry. I think he raised six, 16 erg, something from like that from memory. Yep. Um, I'm, I think he put, I'm a little bit fuzzy put, in memory. Put down at the close to a thousand or something, was it? And he raised 16 over a month or something, was it? Yeah, something along those lines. So um, it, it is proven to be profitable there, I guess. Um, Risk-reward ratio and everything considered, uh, obviously should be sort of low risk. Um, and then you just see a nice little return there. Uh, with the appreciation of ERG, um, you could see a nice uh, return there in the future. Uh, but yeah, um, having the decentralized side of things, I, I believe it'd be interesting to see because... Um, you're not having your coins on a centralized exchange and things. It's just uh, sort of running differently. So it'd be interesting to see how that sort of takes place. So that's a little more complicated where you, that bot interacts directly with the API of the exchange and you need to somehow feed it your account details for that exchange to work and trade on your behalf. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure actually of the way this is implemented. Um, but yeah, for, for traditional third party, um, sort of bot devices you do have an open api that you can create or you can open and it just basically allows access to your account to, to your then account, sort yeah. of um initiate change uh, uh uh orders and all that sort of thing yeah it, it, comparing it to just to try to dumb it down <laughs> a little more to for things like the scripts we were talking about that mg pi has for for air pi um in order for that to access your wallet essentially you feed it your, your mnemonic, gosh, I can't say that with COVID brain. <laughs> Menomic. There you go. <laughs> oh, I've been so fuzzy the last couple of days, mate. Seed phrase. You feed it your seed phrase. And <laughs> the, the bot takes that and is able to send transactions, sign transactions based on uh, using utilizing that to sign the transaction. So yeah. similar in that kind of access, at least. Okay, I'd like to welcome our next guest. Um, and I'm not going to do much of an introduction here because I think it's only appropriate that CW does this introduction. Uh, go for it, CW. Okay, so we're uh, glad to have the pleasure of hosting Crassivus Blassen here today. Uh, welcome, mate. Yeah, hi there. It's lovely to be here. Um, having two Aussies in a call at once is amazing and 
uh, it's great that we got this daytime uh, recording slot to record this session today. I'm really pleased. I made the sacrifice yeah. for everybody. <laughs> it's so funny, actually, and I'm glad you brought that up. It is fantastic to have a couple of Aussies here. Um, but then also, unfortunately, with the way time zones and everything work, we're the ones getting out sleep rugged all the time to try and make meetings and things like that. So, um, yeah, fantastic to have this time slot. Uh, you are a pretty active developer in our Ergo community as well. So um, it's a pleasure to have you here and to be able to pick your brain on sort of everything that you're working on. So just to, uh, kicking things off with the first question, can you tell us a little about yourself and when you joined the Ergo ecosystem? Yeah, sure. Um, so I joined the ecosystem sometime in 2021, uh, back when the price of Ergo was sky high. Um, but I wasn't really too involved at those early stages. Um, I actually think there was like a small crash sometime like in July, if I recall correctly. Um, and strangely, um, that's when I really started taking an interest. Um, so yeah, I, I do always remember being fond of the Ergnome NFT project. So that's kind of where I started to uh, look to help out in the ecosystem. Um, so I made a Discord bot for their Halloween release, the Gnomekins. And for Niculum, their founder really liked the bot that I made. So he ended up giving me this profile picture um, in commemoration, which I've used ever since, because uh, it kind of represents the start of my development journey in Ergo. Um, but yeah, from there, I began taking an interest in ErgoScript, um, which is Ergo smart contract language um, for the viewers, if you don't know. Um, but my learning style there was very heuristic. So I mostly just messed around with the Node and Pluto Monkey script editor and just tried to solve increasingly challenging problems um, using ErgoScript smart contracts. And I think uh, to this date, probably tens of ergs have been locked away in some failed smart contracts I've written um, because of those <laughs> initial learning days. Um, but I always kind of find it quite nice that eventually one day storage rent will get to those uh, ergs and one day they'll re-enter the circulation um, to miners, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the, minus, the future yeah. miners, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I kind of like... Um, always fantasize what, what will the value of those 10 ergs be at that time anyway that's a, a different thing um but yeah then sky harbor came um which was my first large project um which i co-founded with quokka and hazy um so sky harbor is ergo's one of ergo's ergo nft marketplaces and my role there was to create smart contracts which i kind of just learned um, on my own there um and i quickly produced some smart contracts for them um and to make myself handy i also helped out with front end and back end tasks um, yeah, and I think quickly we probably, uh, it's fair to say that we became what's objectively the largest NFT marketplace on Ergo, overtaking the predecessor to us auction house. Um, but saying that, I think the competition is very healthy for the space. I think we've put some pressure on auction house and now that they've had the Ergo pad IDO, they're probably going to put some pressure back on us, which is really great to see. Um, because I think having two competitive NFT marketplaces will really allow NFT projects and such to flourish. And in the end, we'll both end up winning. So um, yeah, I think I'm really proud of being part of um, Sky Harbor and I'm really excited for the future of NFTs there. Yeah, um, it's good to mention there the auction house as well and, and the competition because ultimately the competition drives innovation. And like you said, everyone wins there and um, yeah, it's awesome to see. Yeah, exactly. Like when, when NFT creators see that we've got these two big uh, marketplaces, they're going to be drawn to us. So we're actually attracting more, more, um, more people in the ecosystem, which ends up, you know, increasing our volume collectively. Um, but yeah, so the thing is about Ergo, smart contract development is amazingly fast. So 
with Sky Harbor, um, I suddenly found myself with some, some, some more spare time. So I looked to join another project and I found Night Owl, um, which offered some significant engineering challenges. So while I wasn't necessarily overly passionate about casinos, um, I knew the whole RNG space was really complex and a large scale project like a casino would be really cha challenging. So I, I just wanted to jump in head first. Um, and again, with Night Out, I quickly designed um, the entire project's architecture, wrote smart contracts for their casino games and designed some unique VDF randomness systems, which are quite cool um, and innovative things, I'd say. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, as people in the space may know, the casinos had some delays on other fronts um, with backend and frontend task being quite challenging for a, a full-fledged casino. Um, so yeah, it's taken a bit longer than um, initially planned. Um, but that said, I believe it will see the light, um, light of day eventually. And I think it'd be really good for the space to have a, a casino like that. It'd be a, a, a mammoth achievement. And I'd, I'd really like to see those smart contracts I've written um, for the platform, you know, get use one day. So hopefully some brighter days ahead for Night Owl. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my involvement there. And 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 Crass, when you say when you say you started um, um, before July, what what year was this that you started? Oh, um, so July was for twenty twenty one. That's kind of when I um, started taking an interest in Ergo. I think that's kind of correlates roughly when the price dropped, and I was like, oh, what's what's happened to fault. my Erg bags? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I was like, what's happened to my Erg bags? And then I actually just started, you know, reading more about the project and. I just kind of fell in love from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so then that brings us to Duck Bulls. So um, basically I was, you know, involved in these two projects throughout the course of 22. Um, but I was continuously saying throughout the year, we need a collateralized lending protocol. Like it's one of the most foundational protocols of any DeFi space. And um, it wasn't being built. Uh, so, you know, developers all have their own little things to work on. So it's perfectly understandable. Um, but yeah, so in late July, 2022, um, I was like, all right, I'm going to build this myself. And I spoke to Clocker and I was like, let's, let's build a lending protocol. Um, and so yeah, duck pools was born, which is like my most cherished project. It's the one I feel most passionate about for sure. It's like my own personal baby uh, that I made with Clocker. <laughs> and, um, yeah, since, since then, you know, I main, maintain my responsibilities with all the projects I'm involved with. Um, but you know, um, we slowly built out DuckBulls and we released a beta in December and over 500 people have already used the platform, um, albeit with like transaction limits in place. So currently you can only lend and borrow one erg at a time, which is quite limiting, but it's of course necessary for the testing phase. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited for where the platform will head in the future. So yeah, ultimately that's my, uh, like my backstory of when I joined the space, a little bit about myself and my, my involvement here. Probably should also give some shout outs to some other contracted work I've done over the years. So um, to, to Swamp Audio, I worked on some of their smart contracts. Um, and also I conducted Ergo Champions, Amigos and Comet NFT uh, uh, sale processes for their NFT launches. So also just some small shout outs there, which are, are small little um, projects I've also been a part of. So yeah, that's about so, me. So, so crass without, without, you know, having to reveal what you do uh, every day, is this, is this your full-time gig? Is this, is this what you dive into every single day? Um, I do dive into it every single day, but it is not my uh, primary source of income. That's for sure. So I, it's, it's definitely in my more part-time kind of basis. 
Um, but I really do want to look towards in 2023. Um, particularly, we have a with the duck pools token launch coming to really dedicate more time to the space and be able to actually spend full days uh, working. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes there. Can can you give us a little brief, um, you know, for those of us who haven't, or for those of these our watchers who haven't haven't used duck pools, can you give us a, a quick little rundown of the steps of how to, uh, you know, deposit um, a, a loan or 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 withdraw a loan or, or how that works? Yeah, sure. Um, and I think before that, um, because I haven't really introduced duck pools, maybe for those who don't know what duck pools is, I'll explain that a little bit. Um, so duck pools. Uh, in simple answer terms is, is a pool-based lending protocol. Um, if you don't know what pool-based lending is, it's a fairly popular style of lending used in greater crypto space. Um, but essentially the way the protocol works is that uh, lenders can lend cryptocurrencies to our pool contract and earn yield on their investments or on their idle assets really. Um, and simultaneously, borrowers can borrow from that pool contract um, by putting up some sort of collateral. So the way this contrasts to more typical peer-to-peer -peer style of lending is that loans can be instantly backed. Um, they don't need individual matching. So a, a borrower can just come to the pool, instantly get a loan at any time and enter perpetual loans uh, with conditions governed by the pool state. So yeah, um, that's kind of like a rough overview of what duck pools is, kind of really just gave you the definition of what pool-based lending is, but that's basically what we're all about. Um, so when it comes to actually the experience as a lender or a borrower, you could just come on our website, which is duckpools.io, which is the user interface that interacts with the smart contracts, the underlying protocol. And um, it's a fairly intuitive design. So you can just see clear buttons lend to this pool with this ERG or this asset type. Um, and it will show the interest rate that you're gonna accure um, on your, your assets. Or if you wanna borrow, you can borrow using a whole range of different collateral um, to put down for your loan. Um, all loans are over collateralized at this stage. So you'll need to, for example, put like 120% down of the loan value, for example. Um, but again, this is the borrowing section and the lending section. So it's fairly uh, intuitive design if you head to duckballs.io to see that for yourself. You've mentioned uh, just briefly there a couple of parameters around sort of lending conditions. Is that something you can elaborate on a little? Uh, yeah, so I said uh, loan conditions governed by the state of the pool. So what I mean by that is loan conditions would relate to like interest rates. Um, so our protocol initially supports variable interest rates, uh, which are based on the utilization of the pool. So the more the pool is used, um, the higher the interest rate will be. It's kind of the market uh, supply and demand um, kind of setup there. Um, it's all algorithmic. So they're predefined algorithms for how those interest rates change. Um, and, and then on the contrast, you know, if, if the pool utilization is low, um, the interest rate is lower to attract more lending and borrowing there, uh, to attract more borrowing really, should I say. Um, but yeah, loan conditions can also relate to liquidation conditions. So like I, a pool may set what is an acceptable loan to value ratio. Um, so some more conservative pools may set very aggressive liquidation thresholds to ensure the safety of their lenders, while others might tolerate some more risk um, and attract high utilization consequently and get more yield. So yeah, that's what I really mean by loan conditions. Basically the, the conditions of the loan outside of the fact that it's perpetual. So interest rates and liquidations. Yeah. Well, Kratz, were you the, were you the one that, um, were you the one that put um, 
uh, a triple leverage loan down right off the bat to test it out or was it somebody else yeah yeah it's still alive i think i i saw you talking about it with um armenia maybe yeah yeah um cool. i think it's still alive it's it's barely survived <laughs> um because it, it's come close to liquidation many times but it i think it's you- just just what did you set your liquidation level at? Did you go 130 or 140? Yeah, I did the minimum. So it's it came down <laughs> to like 120 something, and the, the liquidation threshold in the pool is 120. So it was very close. So, um, you, so for the users that that haven't experienced that, can you explain why um why you have three different levels there, or is it two or three different levels for liquidation and how that works in simple terms? Um, yeah, so basically you could change your risk tolerance um, in the pool. Um, you know, you may not want to lock up so much collateral and want to have a more risky position that has a higher chance of being liquidated. Um, or you may want to have lots of collateral there because you believe you're going to have the loan active for a long time. There could be variations in the market prices and so on. So um, yeah, we just give that option to the users, how much risk they want to tolerate. If they put more collateral down, it's a lower risk loan. They put less collateral down, it's higher risk. And ultimately down the future, we're going to add um, uh, features such as adding collateral to your position. So if you say, oh, it's getting close to liquidation, you can always just top it up or, or so on, um, which are very important features actually to have on a lending platform. That is pretty neat. Yeah, so, yes. Sorry, go for it, CW. I was just going to say, especially if you can see like your loan uh, margin being called and things at any given point, um, for whatever reason, being able to add that extra collateral there uh, can help definitely help a lot of people out, I guess. I can see the use for some good bots or reminder systems that check that for you and ping you on Telegram if your <laughs> loan's about ready to get washed. Very yeah. true. Yeah. And it's all open, open, like the protocol's open. So you can just check on chain for all these metrics. Um, any any party could create a bot that does that. Yeah. Well, speaking of Duckpool still, um, I heard that you guys were thinking of launching your own token. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, most certainly. So we haven't made an official announcement yet, um, but we are, because we're working on some finer details with ErgoPad just to make sure everything we put out will be accurate. Um, but I will say some, I'll give some of the features that I find kind of unique and almost revolutionary um, about our token launch. Um, and it really relates to how in this space, we kind of have this precedence where IDOs and ICOs generate exaggerated levels of funding. And often they end up leaving participants in the rough, um, either getting scams or huge losses, or even if the project is successful, it's actually quite rare for the token to ever generate enough value to justify its initial fundraising. Um, because so the, the, the fundraising levels are so obscene, like where is that money actually being spent? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and as well, for many projects, either for legal reasons or just to help justify the, the fundraising they made, they end up damaging the purity of their platform with artificial token utility. So what I mean by this is, you know, in the case of like a financial platform, perhaps they might limit certain features or yield opportunities um, to, to participants who hold the token. Um, so for the average user, it really jeopardizes the experience. And kind of worse than that, it really creates these convoluted market dynamics where it's hard to actually evaluate risk and um, like the safety of the protocol because it's so obscured by all these complicated things that really don't need to be there. Um, so we really try to change this and, and simplify everything. So firstly, our budget um, when released on our white paper will be open to the public is completely transparent. Um, 
we justify exactly why we need our target amount of funding, um, but also show exactly where it's going to be spent, um, what features they'll be used to fund, um, and when they'll be all spent. So all the details are there, it's all open, and the nature of block blockchain technology being so transparent, users can verify that for themselves. Um, and as well as that, we're um, making the token uh, in kind of had have utility that's isolated to the platform's use. So the token itself is actually just going to be used for governance. And I know like this may sound sort of like a buzzword governance, but we actually mean it here, like true governance. Um, token holders will have complete control over the platform's decision-making in its entirety. So from platform revenue, um, so, so from financial decisions, uh, to just, you know, feature decisions on the platform itself. And we'll be creating a framework to allow for a fair voting process there. Um, so, yeah, but the biggest thing about this is that token holders will have control over the treasury. So the treasury will be getting the platform's revenue for its entire life. So the entirety of the platform's revenue, 100%, nothing to the founders or anything, will be dedicated to the treasury. Um, so really it becomes this kind of actual genuine DAO structure where the token holders genuinely control the, the platform. There's no outside interests at all. Um, so yeah, basically they could do whatever they like with those treasury funds. They could airdrop it to themselves to, you know, kind of enjoy the, the rewards of holding the token, or they could reinvest into new platform features. But really we just kind of get handing the baton over to the, the community here. Um, we resign all our future opportunities for revenue because we believe like Dark Pools is ultimately a tool built for the community. And we just don't, we don't want to, as well, like we don't want to raise boatloads of money and, and not be able to justify why. So that's kind of the whole reasoning behind the transparent budget and the whole reason behind, um, you know, having this fair ecosystem where all revenues to the, the platform's treasury and credits actual DAO structure, yeah. So, Crass, before I go to my last question here, what, um, what you said sparked something in my head about what you said earlier. In, in your desire to, you know, fully program and, and make this your life as far as programming and working on Ergo and the blockchain. How, with what you just described there with giving Duckpools over to the community, does that mean in order for you to support yourself here as a dev of Duckpools and moving forward, your responsibility of how to profit from Duckpools is to put up your own cash and your own money and invest in Duckpools yourself so that you can get returns just like the rest of the community? No, so the difference here is that um, with a token launch, you, you raise money, like you raise um, money to, you know, build and, and develop the platform. And the way we've set it up is that the target amount of funds raised uh, will be enough to get the platform to a point that is kind of equal to the, the behemoths of the space, like the Aves of the space, the, the major protocols in terms of their features, um, in terms of the user experience and so on. So the budget accounts for the development of that. And that's what we as founders will be involved with. We'll be um, you know, profiting from our work to deliver that. That's kind of the um, first implicit decision of token holders. They agree to um, fund us to develop those features. Um, but once we reach that point, you know, we do have a, a token allocation from the, the token launch itself. Um, so we do have interest in the protocol anyway in that regard, like with vested tokens there. Um, but, you know, that's um, enough to build the tool. You know, there's no need to actually have uh, huge profits for life. You know, we do, again, like I said, we do have some, some, some form of like equity, if you like, with the 
with the amount of tokens allocated to ourselves anyway. Um, but because we won't be delivering much work beyond the initial bootstrapping of the platform, there's just no reason to like reserve yourself fundings from there. So I'd like to be um, work on other things after that as well. So yeah, okay. that's kind of the whole reasoning behind it. Um, yeah. Good to hear that, mate. And um, obviously explaining there uh, to the community about the transparency, about all the ambitions and everything there. But it's also, it's refreshing to hear that um, like project developers and founders and things aren't going after every single nickel and dime and everything they can. Um, obviously, you've taken a little bit more of a reserved approach there. You've done your figures and, and realized uh what the actual uh, costs are and sort of just raising that amount to be able to bring the product to light um, is, yeah, it's really refreshing and uh, nice for the industry to hear as well. Yeah. Thanks CW. And I, and I think that really speaks to, you know, you, as far as building the product, utilizing those funds correctly to do that and then releasing it into the wild, as far as that goes into the community's hands really speaks to the last question we have for you is uh, why ergo for duck pools? Right. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, so I think the primary reason we cho choose to build on Ergo is to highlight the development process that exists here. So we'll, this is all described in our white paper, um, but you'll see that the total budget for this Duckpools project um, is significantly smaller than what other mainstream lending protocols would, would generate with their ICOs and IDOs. And like, while yes, Ergo is just a niche layer one at this stage, um, we are trying to actually show something here with this token launch, um, something used for the um, onboarding of new people into the Ergo ecosystem, because we believe that the amount of funds raised will be enough to get the platform to a point which is comparable to, you know, the large lending protocols of the greater crypto space. Um, so we believe we can get the platform functionally to a point like that, um, but for such a huge discount in development cost. So. Like, and this isn't just a, like a testament to our team or our, our process. This is just actually like a fact of how easy and scalable and fast it is to develop on Ergo. It's the underlying blockchain that makes this possible. Um, so we just were like, well, we want to use Duckpools kind of as like a case study to show like the world how great Ergo is, how great it is to build on Ergo. So that's kind of the biggest mission statement like for us is like, all right, we're going to use this kind of as a, a thing that people in the future can say, hey, look, like they built a huge lending protocol, but they only use like this much funding. It's it's because of Ergo. It's not, it's that's what we want to do. So that's kind of why Ergo, we want to, we want to give to Ergo, really. That's kind of what it's all about. Um, obviously, as well, like why Ergo is kind of like, well, there is a void here in the space. We do need a lending protocol. Um, Ergo does have a lot of potential as well. So, you know, there's there's those upsides as well there. But yeah, the main reason is we just want to show how great Ergo is. So, yeah. Yeah, we often hear from various projects and people throughout the ecosystem about how actually, uh, like you just mentioned, easy it is to build on Ergo. Uh, we've seen a couple of projects, like we mentioned earlier in this episode, like Ergo, uh, Ergflip coming into the ecosystem and delivering a product uh, very quickly. Um, but yeah, having uh, a major protocol, uh, one of the ones you mentioned uh, just previously as well, um, like a flagship collateralized uh, lending protocol is like the the basis and um, like a a really good utilization of DeFi uh, 
for the ecosystem as well. And with the recent sort of market sentiment um, and sort of ongoings that we've actually seen with uh, sort of people being liquidated and all kinds of shady business behind CFI and things, um, we're actually seeing that the Aves and the curves and things are holding up really well. So having a product like Duckpools actually being developed on Ergo is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And I, I'd like to sneak in one more ninja question here. Sure. <laughs> Feel free to not answer it if you don't want to. But um, but in in the future, I imagine there's going to be uh perhaps the ability to do more than just uh, air lending and borrowing, uh and and um pooling. Is is are any wrap tokens in the future there? In case you want to bring value from another change, not have to exchange it on um um on Spectrum at all to lose some fees there, and then just go right to duck pools with that wrap token and use your value from another chain to lend out um uh right there. Is that something in the mix in the future, perhaps that you can talk about, or say yes most, or no, or, or shut up? <laughs> no, 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 most certainly. Um, like that's actually probably the highest priorities, maybe one or two highest priorities. Like we're currently working on the CUSD um, pool, um, but ultimately the, the protocol can scale to any sort of tokens um, you want to have on your pool. And the, the way it's designed is uh, pools are permissionless. So anyone can actually open a pool. If you're like, oh, we need a, a wrapped Bitcoin pool, just you know, go ahead and create it. And we want to have the resources there and everything available that people can actually do that. Um, otherwise we're happy to bootstrap things ourselves too. Um, but yeah, essentially, yeah, any token could be added. Even um, as they say, like uh, liquidity provider tokens as well is a more interesting um, way of having like those sort of tokens available for collateral or for lending pools themselves. Um, they are a little bit more complicated because um, having liquidations of those things is a bit more tricky um and like attaining like true prices of like a lending protocol token or a liquidity provider token on spectrum it's a bit more complicated but we want to even extend to tokens like that as well yeah so basically any token yes um that's what, the great thing about ergo is everything's a native asset so it's very simple to just interchange uh tokens into contracts um like that that's awesome that's really exciting <laughs> You just answered the the last question I had also, and it was around um, pooling and whether the public can actually create pools or not, or if that was a requirement of like yourself being a developer there. Um, but yeah, mentioning that the public has does have or will have that ability is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's all we have, Chris. I really appreciate you joining us. Unless there's anything else you want to pitch or or promote before we before we disconnect here. Um, no, that's everything. Like, I just wanted to get the word out about duck pools. Um, it's lovely to have this opportunity to really talk about uh, developing on Ergo in general. It's um, it's quite lovely. So yeah, thank you for the opportunity, guys. Thanks so much, Chris. Anytime, mate. It's been a pleasure chatting. All right. Well, that was that was great to have Chris here. That's for sure. That was a really interesting perspective, and I know. Uh, I know at least I've been really interested in the inner workings of duck pools and it was nice to actually hear that from the, the, the man himself. Yeah, most definitely very well said. Um, obviously going to keep a keen eye on this. I've played around with the better a little of a little over a month a little over a month now or so ago. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to this one coming to light. All right, let's move on to our, our last sections. Um, 
which are the, the Sigma Nuts updates. And we've really been taking a rest for the last two weeks. We haven't had a meeting since before Christmas, I think. Um, so I can give you a little bit of things that we're looking forward to in our meeting on uh, Sunday, the 8th. So any Sigma Nuts or SigCans um, that are um, forgetting about this, we're starting right back up on then. Uh, we're going to talk about um, Sigma Nuts potentially hosting um, community spaces and events discussions, uh, perhaps via uh, Twitter spaces as well. So that I know that was a topic that was brought up in one of the meetings that it'd be nice to have a community um, space, a community presence on Twitter, at least in spaces. You know, I, I think the, 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 the consensus is there that you know, you see those Twitter spaces kind of blow up, they'll pop up in your feed and you'll see, oh, there's 15 people in here, let me check. It turns into 60, 70 people. So I think the community, at least, of the SIGs and SIGCANs really feel that there's a, a missed opportunity there that we could be exploring to, to to host those Twitter spaces as part of the Ergo community. Yeah, definitely. Um, you see throughout different sort of communities on crypto Twitter, uh, numerous, uh, numerous amounts of people jumping on and even just creating Twitter spaces uh, around NFT projects, tokens, projects themselves, uh, talking about the protocol as such, or even just talking about anything in general. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to see the community sort of voice that opinion as well. And hopefully we do see a number of people jumping onto the Twitter spaces from the Ergo community hosting regular chats and things like that as well. So yeah, it'd be great to see. Awesome. And we also have uh, some more things we're going to chat about. Like um, uh, there was a big thing a couple of weeks ago um, that we haven't had a meeting, so we haven't chatted about and a little controversy surrounding it too. So it's going to be a healthy chat. And that's about TX fees and and why they are the price they are now. What are the benefits of raising them? Because honestly, you know, Ergo's been built that we can tweak that and we can put it on the fly. So if it needs to be raised at some point by consensus, then it's raised. If it needs to be lowered by consensus, then then it's lowered as far as that goes. That's the power of Ergo. That's what it's been built to do. And there's no reason we can't have a nice, healthy discussion about it uh, next week during the meeting. Um, <clears throat> and there was one more uh, thing to talk about too that we're gonna chat about at the meeting. And that is kind of ingestible video clips for the, um, uh, for the public. And that means uh, like we take a little 10 second clip from Hash It Out, uh, where they have a good explanation for something. And we we parse that out and we have it in a media folder where people can then you know reference their friend or reference something quick on Twitter. If they need a response to something about why something is the way it is or how something works, they can give a quick little link to, to that to Hash It Out or the AMA or the dev update kind of thing. So an index of these kind of things that we can easily reference and the community can reference to, to be able to, you know, easily spout that off and, and push that out to, to the community, to the Twitter or YouTube or, or Facebook or your grandma or whatever you want kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, the cool thing on, I'll just touch on a couple of things there. Um, just on the transaction fees, uh, the cool thing about that is the miners have control over that. Um, there's no, it's just a simple majority of um, hash power actually requires uh, make that change and it's just a little simple um, update to the config files and to be able to do so there is some limitations in regards to sort of how fast and how far they can go with this thing but ultimately yeah miners are in control of the transaction fees and it's definitely in their interest also and um, because the transaction fees currently are very 
uh, significantly low in co comparison to sort of other chains and things like that. So even a 10x increase is still very, very low in comparison to other chains. Um, so that's an interesting prospect and definitely great to um, start the conversation. I've tried to do it numerous times on Twitter and try and start um, sparking that engagement for miners to be able to look after themselves. And ultimately, um, it is a market. So it's just up to the miners to sort of find that equilibrium that where users are happy to pay for a proposed fee. And obviously with the miners, it's not to be too greedy where they'll actually start um, dispelling users from that market also. So there is a fine line there and I'm sure everyone's mature enough to find out that equilibrium uh, for price it's and transaction so generous. <laughs> Equally <Well. mature. laughs> I'm just going to be a healthy discussion, I'm sure. And I, yeah, and I think one of the one of the frustrations that people experience too is, you know, potentially a lot of miners are potentially, you know, they're. I, th I think some of the talk was that instead of engaging in a community and talking about raising a TXP to benefit that miner, it's sometimes easier for a miner just to repoint their rig at another chain and mine kind of thing. So there's that frustration is there as well that some people don't feel that. You know the all the miners are necessarily engaging, but that's also because maybe they don't need to, or, or that's the case. So there's a really kind of catch twenty two, and all that kind of stuff flowing around. That's it's going to be an interesting discussion, that's for sure. So please, please make sure you come to that and and chat about it. <laughs> yeah, you'll definitely see that across the board, um, especially with mining. Uh, it is a simple business in regards to. Uh, how they want to sort of profit and run their own business in that respect. Um, you can just like anything, you can go head first into everything, learn everything about a protocol that you want to do so. Um, but then on the flip side, it's just simply as changing a flight sheet in Hive OS and changing from one coin to another, which is profitable. So um, yeah, we're definitely going to see things that are more engaged at times and then sort of less engaged, but ultimately it's is the power of the miners and um, they have, numerous powers over numerous uh, parameters of the protocol as well. Um, just takes that governance into a different sort of light, but it's definitely making the miners aware of what powers and control they do have over the protocol itself. Um, so what, what was the other part to that? Sorry, uh, you mentioned the, uh, the the mining side, the, the transaction fees, and what was the second part that you did mention? Uh, the video clips that we were, you know, oh, the video clips. working on potentially um, uh, an index of not even necessarily um, extracting, you know, a clip from hash it out, but at least extracting that it's between minutes four and six where where CW talks about this with with uh, Joe or something or Noah. Yeah. And then we have an index of that so that somebody could potentially go to a website uh, made for SIGs or Sigma or the community when they need an answer to something and they type that in and the transcripts will come up and they can get that clip and they can send that URL um, with that time encoded. So it starts right at that time of that clip to yeah. their friend or social media. So they have a quick answer for those kind of things. Just makes, you know, ergonauts a little more nimble on their feet to be able to back things up with, you know, um, words from, you know, EF members and yourself, CW, you know, people who have been around a long time and really have that knowledgeable depth. Yeah, it's definitely one thing making a conservative effort this year in regards to sort of video clips and making shorts of our video content as well, because we do have hours upon hours released uh, weekly in regards to sort of video content. 
Um, there is some amazing content out there, but it is a lot to sort of get through. So if we can do um, these shorter clips and I'm going to release them uh, throughout the week as well. So that's definitely one conservative effort on our side that we're going to be start doing. Um, but yeah, simple things on Twitter, on uh, sorry, on YouTube itself, you do have the timestamp feature. So it just definitely yep. makes it a lot easier there. And then also some videos, depending on how they're set up, um, are able to be clipped, or I believe it's up to 60 seconds or so. So if someone wants to make a short clip of um, a video uh, or and then stitch them together, for instance, um, there is that feature there also. That's great. That is... Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's, I think that's a show, you know, we went a little long today, but that's fine because <laughs> CW is back and we had to celebrate. Um, so why don't you take it away CW with a closing? Yeah, no problem. So as always, uh, we're uh, creating this content out for everyone. So there is numerous things that are being released throughout the week, uh, kicking things off on Tuesdays with the community chat. Uh, we can jump on there and and discuss uh, various topics. Uh, it's basically just a prompt to start a discussion and then just uh, see how that sort of um, pans out. I think they're very fruitful and engaging for the community. Uh, we have the Hash It Out video series that um, will be released. We try and release it on Wednesdays or Thursdays. It just depends on how long editing takes and whether we can get everyone together to record and things, whether we have guests, et cetera. Uh, we also have the... Uh, developer update which is run on Wednesdays and then also we now have the marketing um, update also which will be running uh, basically the same time I believe it's 1 1 p.m uh, Wednesdays UTC yep so uh, anyone who is not on that technical side doing the developer update can jump onto the community side and let everyone know what uh, they're working on and then also we have the developer video release, which is every Sunday. And of course, this video, which is released on Fridays. So lots of content out there. And I believe uh, just a quick update on regards to uh, the EF and the video content that we've been released on Ergo Platform. Um, we released 161 videos uh, in 2022 and for a total of 100 and 112 hours or so. So... Um, there's definitely a lot of content being pushed out to keep everyone updated and, and keep that transparency and dialogue open and the community in, informed. So, um, yeah, numerous different channels and different updates and things like that. So uh, having that indexing, like you just mentioned earlier, is a great way to be able to sort of um, reference things that are in these discussions and not having to trawl through sort of three, four, five hours worth of content each week. Uh, it's just, it's a great little um, incentive there to be able to keep those references and, and the discussions alive. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than when I'm having a fight with somebody on Twitter and I need to reference something from two months ago that CW <laughs> said, I'd be able to quickly look it up and, and <laughs> shove it right up their face kind of thing. <laughs> Where love is not fighters, QX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody thanks so much for watching it's been great to have you back cw uh we're gonna try not to die of covid so we can be back next week i think we're on the mend you on the mend cw i think so i think uh this video has gone a lot better than expected than what i was expecting to do um i'm not feeling the best but it's great to have a laugh and having um just take your mind off things for a couple of hours so yeah thanks very much and it's a pleasure to be back thanks so much everybody have a great week Take care, guys. Have a good one.